Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We were hanging on. Goaltender kept us in there. Obviously, Cam was great. Um, but we we could, seriously didn't have to reinforce anything. They just, they, that's what they do. They go about their business. Um, they're calm. Um, they're, they're vocal. They communicate. They stuck together, and uh, we were fortunate to, to catch a break at the end. Fapping. <laughs> Fapping. That's right. The sweet <laughs> taste of unexpected sports success carries into game one, boys. Breathe it in. Breathe one. it in here. A lot of failure in Minnesota sports recently. And if for only one night or one afternoon yesterday, we can drink it in. Let's say drink it in. That Minnesota sounds more. Sports. That sounds more Declan's weekend up north. Yeah, that yeah you, dra- you drank it in. Can't remember a thing now, but no. you, you certainly drank it all in. Right. I love how we literally just, we'll get to statements here. We literally just broke the news to Declan before cracking the mics that Miguel Sano hit yeah. a game winning three run bomb. He's like, yeah, I was, I, I was 19 been there. in yeah. at a bachelor party. Yeah. I you know no what, idea. though? We've, <laughs> all, we've all been there. <laughs> like, we can laugh, but we've all been there where we're like, what happened on Saturday? Oh, that's awesome. And I, then you have to sort of like, you have to clear the cobwebs. Wait, who who hit a home run? Yeah. Miguel Sano hit a home run? Yep. No What's memory. happening here? All right, boys. M- Mackie and Judd. And uh, we, we give you statements every single Monday. And there are a lot of things to make statements about that we're going to get to. Powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the Twin Cities for over 100 years. Based in Owatonna, they're one of us. They're Minnesota sports fans. And they help your business with risk management tools and protection and peace of mind. Find out about all the industries Federated protects and fight, uh, find out how MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources, can help your business. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. There it is. Let's fire up statements. And if he may... The Hockey Whisperer. You guys got your hour yesterday to do Judd's no, Hockey no, no, Show. No, no yeah. one's going to hold the Whisperer down. Don't, don't even ask, Whisperer. Nope. You guys got an hour. Yep. And, and and you can find it, by the way, it's blowing up on the Score North YouTube channel right now. The immediate reaction when, from you guys. When the Whisperer speaks, mm-hmm. the fans <laughs> nod down. <laughs> exactly right. What's that, Whisperer? What? Okay. Say it again. Yeah. Here's my first statement, all right? Uh, NBC Sports Network, 
I don't know if we have that clip, but NBC Sports Network on the game-winning goal crowned Erickson Eck the hero, right? The, he, he's the hero. It's a one nothing victory. My statement is Erickson Eck was not the hero on that final play. Marcus Foligno was the hero on that final play. And let the hockey whisperer break it down, X's and O style, for all of you non-elite hockey minds <laughs> like himself, okay? Yes. So Vegas wins the faceoff in their own zone. Uh, I'm actually watching the play again here, so I can sort of give you the play-by-play at oh, least wow. as yeah. I'm watching it, right? Oh, boy, so Vegas wins the, the faceoff in their own zone. <laughs> Felino speeds across the front of the net, across Marc-Andre Fleury, and pokes the puck away, essentially blowing the whole thing up in Vegas's own zone. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it, from there it kind of became a Plinko hockey goal that I'm not going to make fun of. Patrick Royce would. Um, so it, it, was, it was very much a hockey goal. Erickson Eck, right place, right time. He finds a skate. It goes in. Yeah. But that doesn't happen if you don't get the workmanlike effort from Felino sprinting across the front of the net to poke that puck away and blow it all up. So Erickson Eck, congratulations. Right place, right time. You're a wonderful player. Felino was the hero of that final play. All the whispers back Here he is. in full voice, too. Monday morning in full. So good to have the whisperer. I feel like the whisperer has not been here in like six years. Yeah. The, uh, the whisperer was very much damaged by the previous playoff era of wild hockey. Yes. Uh, he was very scarred. He had to he seek counseling. That- he thought that he, he he thought that his contract was going to run a little deeper into those playoffs, mm-hmm. and his work got cut short. Yep. Uh, but but I, the the whisper loves this team and loves that they're back in the mix and uh, loves that they are tough minded enough to take that mon- m- many bites at the apple. And Mark Andre Fleury is just standing on his head. I will say real quick, he stood on his head a bunch. He also over exaggerates oh, more yeah. than most goalies. Like it's great. Come on, he bro. Sells. Come on, dude. No, no, dude. That's let's, the old. Let's calm it down. No, just a little. The no. That's the old. That's the Love old. It. That's the old school goalies in my youth used to do that constantly. Here, he catches it in front of him and then sprawls to the ground. Yes, you know, I tweeted this. I tweeted this, and it's absolutely true. The exaggerated goalie save and the batting stance need to both come back. <laughs> like it's all formulaic now. Like my position, my positioning is so good that I made this. No, showcase the save. It's for television. The replay looks better right. if you showcase it. Batting stances, right? Like now, everyone stands the same. I mean, they're all boring vanilla. I it's want those, it's those damn Tommy Mansky videos with Fred McGriff from the nineties. Yes. It's just got everyone with the same stance. There, there was a guy that played goal for the Capitals, and then when I was a kid watching the North Stars for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Palmatier who would do that. He was absolutely the best at showcasing and like he would hold, he would make the save and then and then while like just before he fell, he would keep his balance for the extra second and then fall backwards. Oh, it was so great. And here, I feel like oh, go sorry. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, and the, la- the last thing, no, it's great. The last thing that Flurry does that I love is and the Wild actually bit on this time and time again yesterday. He Acts, he like gives them some glove side room on purpose, knowing that he can flick his glove up, right? So, okay. so like his positioning is probably very, very slightly off on purpose because so then he's willing to is, is yes. he willing to give up an extra goal glove side if he winds up in the Sports Center top ten for no having his glove in the right place at the right time? No, he's so confident that, that his glove is still so quick at at the yeah. age of. 36, that he's okay. willing to show you space that you think exists. Because keep in mind, these guys as shooters can all put the puck exactly where they want. Like they're not just 
winding up and shooting and like, I hope it goes somewhere. They've got a really good idea of exactly where they're trying to put that puck. And so Flurry's trying to show them just a little, you know, see Bincy room there. Oh, you got some room on the glove side. And then bang. Bang. Well, actually, you've actually hit on the Hockey Whisperer's uh, second statement, and then he'll get out of the way and let the, oh, no. the Hockey Whisperer, we're glad to have you yeah. back. Quit apologizing. Back. So, Mark andre Fleury, because he is flashier with the over-exaggeration of his saves, I think generated a little bit more excitement. Mm-hmm. At least the NBC Sports uh, Network crew, like they, they popped more for the Fleury saves yeah. than for the Talbot saves. Yeah. But Talbot, the statement is, Talbot was the better goalie in that game. But he's not as flashy. Like he was just well positioned more often in that game, mm-hmm. and and made saves look more routine because he's not adding the sizzle at the end all the time. But uh, we're just watching. I, and I don't. Maybe Declan has the stats. It just seemed like Cam Talbot fended off so many high danger chances in that game. He was wonderful, and and that's part of the reason why you brought him in on a multi year contract is for a perfor- a performance like that in game one. So. My statement is Mark Andre Fleury. Congratulations, you got the sizzle. Cam Talbot was the steady, what forty-two saves or whatever it wound up being at the end in the first period. Absolutely, you're a thousand percent correct. Yeah, yeah. He's back, boys. The hockey whisperer is so good to have the whisperer back. Can't wait for that Game 7 overtime winner from Kevin Fiala in a week and a half. (laughs) If you say it's going to happen, Whisperer, it's going to happen. So I'm I'm going to build off your second statement with an impromptu statement that I didn't think of until right now. It's this one. Do you still all want to chant, Dooms! (laughs) Every time Devin Doomnick stops a puck that's been shot from center ice. Cam Talbot, I mean, Phil, how long... Center ice. (laughs) How long did we talk about... (laughs) <laughs> through the years, like, and I know it's considered luck by some, but the fact that a goaltender can flip a series and win you a game, and in fact at times, probably win you a series, and that the Wild for years has never had that guy. Like, Dubnik was never that guy. There was always the weird goal that somebody would take a what looked like a harmless shot, and then it would hit something, and then it would pinball off the boards, and then it would pinball off a helmet. And Dubes, he was reg- he was reg- regular season hot goalie, is what he yes, was. He but, was regular but play- season, hot but playoff wise, we never said, man, he won you even close to a series because, in fact, they simply didn't. What we saw, as the whisperer pointed out yesterday from Cam Talbot, is why you signed him, and it's also what you need if you are going to win. A series. You are going to have periods where your team does not play great. And the Wild came out and did not look good. And the Golden Knights look fantastic. And yet your goaltender stopped 19 shots and held you in that game. Because with Dubnik, I guarantee you guys, you're down three rip, four rip, and the game is done. Okay? So that's what we've been talking about while everyone was chanting, Dubes! Like he's some type of bleeping hero because, yeah, he got hot in January. This is why Bill Guerin said, we're flipping the damn script and we're going to try a different goaltender because this is what you need to win a series. Without Cam Talbot, you are down one rip right now, no question. Now, I don't know, and you guys would know more than I would, but I don't know that he has a major track record of certainly not stealing series in his no, career. he does not. He's a good goalie. Um, he does have a few great performances in the playoffs against various teams. Uh, he also has a couple heartbreakers. There was a game in 2017 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This must have been like the second round of the playoffs against Anaheim. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and he made 60 saves in an overtime loss against the Ducks. Gave up like three or four goals in that game. But so I so he's never stolen a series, but he's definitely done this, and he has a handful of shutouts and great performances in the playoffs. So we'll see if he can if he can add to his resume. Yeah, I believe he's now just the one of like two or three goalies who have now posted three shutouts for three different teams in the postseason. So he's posted a shutout for the Wild in the playoffs, the Flames, and yep. I believe the Oilers. So he, yep. he definitely yeah. is. He's tested. He's playoff tested for sure. Yeah, uh, interesting. My statement basically goes right into Judd's, and it's this is exactly what we've been talking about. That is my statement. It's exactly what we have all been discussing on what the Wild have been trying to build over this last year. You had your goaltending issues last season, and goaltending is a volatile position. It was so bad last year, it was costing the Wild games. The Wild had a better performance in front of them, and their goalies were holding them back last season. So what did you do? You went out and you found Cam Talbot. You were kicking the tires on possibly acquiring Marc-Andre Fleury. There was, there was rumors about that. But Fleury makes about 6.5 mil. He's 36 years old. Instead, Bill Guerin goes to Cam Talbot on a much cheaper deal, and your goaltending becomes better. It, it, it's not world-beating. It's probably not on the same level as someone like Besna, uh, like uh, Fleury and Robin Leonard, who are possibly Besna candidates, and they won the Jennings Trophy this year for Vegas. Yep. But it was improved. You have guys like Joel Erickson X scoring big-time goals. His 20th goal, um, uh, 21st goal if you count the regular season. He's the one who shows up in the overtime for you. Ryan Hartman, for God's sakes, was unbelievable. And Fleury just had his number all game, all game long. And then the Kaprizov effect, who also dovetails perfectly into Ryan Hartman's game. I mean, he's the reason Ryan Hartman had about seven grade-A chances. Yes, it wasn't because Ryan Hartman was in the right place, right time necessarily. It's because Kirill Kaprizov drags that much attention and was able to feed Hartman. So you have all these pieces working well. You've turned the corner from the furious rally stages, from the Koivu and Stahl and Parisi stage. You now are entering the new phase of wild hockey, and we at least have another five. We have at least up to a fifth game of this playoff series. This is what we've been talking about. Thank God. That's my statement. I'm so happy. Yes. It's so nice to have that collection gone for the most part. This There's just a different, and who knows, like maybe the... I wouldn't get too presumptuous and excited about Minnesota sports, like turning a championship corner. I'll believe it when I see it, but there's right. a different feel for this team. Oh yeah. And even, and even maybe this is confirmation bias, but even that clip that we played off the beginning where Dean Evison saying they didn't need any reinforcement. They know what to do. They just, they, they just keep coming at you. They're skilled. They're confident. Mm-hmm. And, and it always kind of felt like, Previous wild teams always needed external motivation of some kind, right? They needed to, they needed to to be out of the playoff mix with two months to go, and then they'd rally, right? Or they needed, they needed Mike Yo to break a stick over the boards in practice and yell at them, or like mm-hmm. it was, it was always, I don't know, it was, you're always like poking and prodding them to play at their peak capabilities, and it just kind of feels like this team in this small sample that we've seen this season, and then one playoff game. They just play like that because that's who they are. Right. Yes. Bill Guerin saw that, and thank God he finally he was finally the guy that basically because it started with, with to his credit Fenton, but I think Guerin saw one year of that basic that team and said this doesn't work, mm-hmm. which is what we've been saying for how, how long? Like if they had listened to us <laughs> four years back, Phil, this would have come sooner, but they didn't listen to us. Yeah, and, and and a side 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 note: Zach Parise was a healthy scratch in that game yesterday. Oh, I got a statement about that. Go ahead, go ahead, go for it. It's your, it's your show, yeah, too. your show too. You're on the name. You're second, but you're on the name. 
Technically, third if the ampersand. You can let that do actually. So the ampersand counts. I think so. Then I'm out of here. We should let the ampersand have some say. Yeah. In statement. Well, why doesn't yeah. he have a statement? Or she? It, it, or it could she. be a she. Could yeah. be a she. Yeah. I don't could know. I, you know could what? Could she mow the lawn for me? Because I'm very gender neutral. Oh my gender neutral. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what I bought yesterday? Or actually, Dawn did new lawnmower. But that's another story. I think people want this. The people want the sequel to that story. We'll get it this week. All right. Here's my statement. Scratching Zach Parisi in game one of the playoffs and playing Nick Bukestead as your uh, fourth line right wing was the right move. And here's why. Bukestead ultimately does bring more speed. Zach in that game yesterday would, would have been hopelessly behind the plays. And he also, and Bukestead also can be used as much or as little as you want. He can play any role, and there's not going to be. Well, we're going to have to talk to his agent after the game. We're going to have to have a discussion. How did you feel about that, Zach? Are you okay with that? Putting him on the shelf for now is a great move for both the team on the ice, just from a speed standpoint of and the type of game and flow that we're going to have in this series, and it's important off the ice as well. Nick Bukestead fits the role that they want. If Parisi, here's, I think, the, the cold... Harsh reality. If Zach Parisi can't be a top six guy, I don't know that it's super productive to to ha- have him play. And it's certainly if he can't be a top nine, which he can't. And you know what I think? And it, it didn't blow up and it wasn't a mess. I think a lesson was learned. And if this is the case, I applaud Dean and Bill uh, from the fact that they demoted Koivu. If you recall in the bubble playoffs last year to a fourth line, and I mean, this was Miko Koivu, who had been the, you know, he was the captain of the team. And he did it, and I thought he played okay. But the fact is, I think they decided it was too big of just, you know, oh my God, he's a fourth liner. Oh my God, you know, and I'm sure he complained privately. That's why I think the scratching of Parisi overall makes sense. The agent thing, I, I feel like we need more context there, but that rubbed me the wrong way last week that, and it's Mike Russo reporting, and he's as plugged into the organization and Prezi as anyone. So he's, you know, he's clearly getting it from the people that are involved. And just for there to have to be any sort of come to Jesus meeting involving an agent before the playoffs, like, dude, what? Just, just chill, just chill. And you're okay? just scratched, just chill. Like you're just not playing. Yeah, it's fine. Just be a, be a team leader. Uh, all right, Declan. Yeah, I have one more. It's uh, please, for the love of God, move up, Nico Sturm, and bump Rask down. <laughs> This this was an atrocious game. My DMs game. are going to blow up again. Atrocious game from Victor Rask yesterday. 12 and a half minutes of play. I'm not going to use Corsi. I'm going to use Fenwick. So the difference between Corsi and Fenwick. Fenwick um, accounts for blocked or does not account for blocked shots. Corsi does. So if you have a shot blocked, never got on track, or never even hit, hit close to the goal, why should we count that? So that's where Fenwick is a different well, You fired a from, shot. From you, should, you pulled the trigger. Yeah. Doesn't work out very well. A Fenwick of 12.5%, which means he was being outshot 87% of the time when he was on the ice yesterday. That's the worst number of any player. Now, Fiala Maybe he's playing with uh, bad teammates. Maybe he, maybe he's LeBron and he's playing with a bunch of Matthew Della Vadovas. And maybe you should blame his teammates. His two teammates, Fiala and Johansson, second and third. Yeah, those guys, yeah, Fiala's a scrub. So, so they, they were he's both... Jason Tyner. Yeah. Well, hold on. Put some respect on... Tyner's oh, a batting average. Okay, that's a, that's a different. That's a different conversation. I don't want to get into a Jason Tyner statement. We, we could we could have all that another of you day. short skinny folks need uh, Billy. 
Not hold, stick together, okay, Declan? Jason Tyner, Billy Hamilton was a stud for the Billy White Hamilton Sox. Billy Hamilton was good in that okay? series. I love, love but I mean, singles, you short, fast, fast skinny guys, just stop. But back to the wild. Look, Johansson, Johansson's a playoff performer. Johansson has been on teams like the Caps and the Bruins, and he showed up in the big time of the postseason. Kevin Fiali, even last year in, in the play-in, scored a couple big-time goals, and even he had a good chance at getting one yesterday. But when you're playing with Victor Rask, who can't keep up with him, and Nico Sturm, who I thought noticeably had a very strong game, you saw his speed throughout the course of the game, yeah. move him up, it will only benefit Fiala and Johansson. And Rask playing on the fourth line with Bukestead and Benino, I believe, which was the fourth line yesterday, that's still going to be fine. That's not going to hurt you that much. You should be elevating Fiala and Johansson's game, and putting someone like Nico Sturm on that is going to be a good news, or be a good thing so, for the so, Wild. So why don't they? Because like, what is the... Because Dean trusts, in some weird way, he, uh, he trusts Rask more. Like, he, he thinks that he won't make the wrong play. I, I think Dean is very afraid. And it, it's weird because, like, Sturm is on the penalty killing thing, so it's not like he does not play. He does. Yeah. But Dean has some weird faith in Rask not to screw up and, and to have, like, a veteran savvy. Uh, it's very—I got the great comp. It's very guardy-like with players. He's yeah. very guardy. Rask is like a guardy guy. You don't understand. Rask battles his tail off. And we're all like, what are you talking about? And he's like, "You can I talk to you privately for a second? You don't know what Victor <laughs> Rask does. It's a very guardy thing. Um, and it's weird because, because, you know, Dean's done a great job. And there are very few things about the job that he's done that you can question. But I can confidently say that, one, I agree with Dex. And two, I think. There's a snowball's chance in hell that what Dex suggested is going to happen. Yeah. So it's just this bizarre, I love Victor Rask. He walks naked through the room after losses <laughs> so and everyone. So he's, he's, he's Mike Redmond? Is that well, what he is? But I like equivalent? Mike. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think it's of a weird, I'm trying to think of a weird sort of Matt fringe. Tolbert. Yeah. 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 Gardy used to put Matt Tolbert as one. the number two hitter. He was just kind of a spastic. Like he could play shortstop and second base, but. Like, he wasn't good. You know, he wasn't a major leaguer, but he was a grinder and a good guy. And okay. He could, he could make the routine plays, right? That was him. There's Nick a good Punto, count. too, but Nick Punto had a couple really good seasons. Yeah, at least Punto was good. Like, yeah. Nick Punto hit 300 one season. Uh, by the way, game two tomorrow night. See if the Wild can uh, can jump up 2-0 on the road before coming back home. How many fans are they allowing for game three? I think four. I'd have to look. Yeah, that sounds right. Four? They just bumped up a little bit. That sounds right. Yep. Okay. But uh, what a fun – okay, one more statement, and we can get to other stuff because KG got in the Hall of Fame. Um, that was one of the most fun, scoreless hockey games. 100%. It was – I mean, yes. my God, there were like Great. 70 shots on goal in regulation, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just dump and chase for two and a half hours. It was like spectacular saves and action and stars in open ice with, with – you know, no defenseman in front of them. Um, it was, it felt like kind of a four-three type flow of the game, and it was scoreless. And so, shout out to uh, to fun hockey for two and a half hours. Playoff hockey, nobody, man. Nobody scored. Playoff. Uh, in, in fact, we we had four games in two days. Yep. Three went to OT, and the one that didn't, which was Tampa and the Panthers, might have been the best game of them all, and it ended on a breakaway by Tampa Bay late. I mean that weekend. You're. It's just. It's every year you forget the jump and play. Like playoffs are fun in every sport, but there is no jump and play like this sport. It goes from being, oh, you know, that's good, 
decent game to, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Yep. So that was that was a blast. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. So many other okay. things to get to. Um, let me let me throw this one out because it comes with a soundbite here. Ke- we have a Kevin Garnett from mm-hmm. Saturday. Yep. Let's do it. To the Timberwolves organization, to Kevin McHale, who's here. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Flip. Rest in peace. For teaching me, for helping me, Sam Mitchell, to being a constant brother, Sam Cassell, been an annoying ass in my ear all these years. To Gary Trent, the biggest piece of work I know. Um, to Troy Hudson, Trent Hassel, real friends that I have today. Uh, my only regret with Minnesota is that I didn't get to bring a championship, but... Like I said, I, I look forward to rebuilding Minneapolis, and I wanted to say thank you to the city and to the state. Thank you, Minnesota. That was KG getting inducted. He was he was the leadoff hitter at the Hall of Fame induction, the Basketball Hall of Fame, and uh, and and so his comment about rebuilding Minneapolis. Now I know that he's been donating a lot of money, and and he's been since the George Floyd murder, he's been involved financially. But it left some people to wonder, does he mean something more than that? Does he know something, or is he just talking about literally rebuilding from some of the things that happened a year ago? But my statement is, especially after watching that, and it's it's kind of emotional. You grow up like my age. I grew up KG and Randy Moss. I grew up in that era, and they were my favorite players growing up. So my statement is more of a call to action for the new ownership group. A-Rod and Mark Laurie, please fix this relationship. It should honestly be the first thing, because listen, if Glenn's going to be around for a couple of years showing you the ropes, you know, you'll learn everything you need to learn. The one thing he can't teach you is how to repair the relationship with Kevin Garnett. And so whether it's bringing him in as a sliver of ownership, as a minority owner, or giving him some sort of presence in the front office, he doesn't have to run the team. Like, no, I don't think that's a good idea, but... Please fix this relationship with Kevin Garnett and bring him back into the fold here with the Timberwolves. And this, again, is why I am so perplexed and confused by the whole Glenn's going to stick around for two years thing. Dude, get lost. This is reason number one. Like, literally. Like, there are a plethora of reasons for Glenn to step aside and be, you know, I don't know, give him a night before a game or something. That's all great. But the Garnett thing to me is... One of your top agenda things of why Glenn needs to go, because are you going to wait? Because KG, I don't think is coming back here until Glenn is out. So I don't think he, not, he can be like, well, I he still didn't name him. Right, exactly. So he omitted he omitted Glenn Taylor and Ray Allen from his whatever fifteen or twenty. The minutes. Ray Allen thing's incredible. Yeah. But anyway, the thing with Glenn is this is reason number one for him just to be done and move on and get Garnett back here, get him involved. I bet you Garnett comes back. Uh, the second Glenn is gone, and you can get the 21 up. In fact, that leads to my next statement, which I think I have hit on an idea that might bring Phil Mackey to tears. This struck me like a bolt of lightning. I think I was sitting in the press box watching another exciting Twins game on Saturday, and this struck me as an idea between the Vikings and Wolves that would leave people from the late 90s, early 2000s, absolutely a, just a puddle, but it would be great. We need the Vikings and Wolves to work together to retire the numbers 21 and 84 during a weekend on which the Wolves play on a Saturday and the Vikings at home on a Sunday. It would be KG and Moss weekend. It would be absolutely perfect. The, the generation that grew up with them would love it. Both of them 
deserve to have their numbers retired ASAP, in my opinion. And and they're friends. So what would be more fun than to have than to have Moss uh, be with KG when KG gets his 21 retired? And then the next day at U.S. Bank Stadium, 84 retired, KG is there with Moss. How much fun would that be? That would be a blast. And really, I mean, it's funny. You, you, you might wonder, well, why hasn't that happened for both of those guys yet anyways? Well, the Vikings are just sort of limited until now, now that they've expanded the number. You know, you can you can wear whatever number you want now, right? You can be a left tackle wearing number negative four. Like, um, it's not quite that aggressive, but they just like they can't retire. They've already got a, a bunch of numbers retired, right? So they're more of a ring of honor uh, organization than a retired number. With the Timberwolves, the only reason is, oh, I don't know, you've alienated the most popular and relevant and only relevant star in franchise history. And I get that some of it's on KG. He is a cantankerous, yeah. difficult to deal with person behind the scenes. There's a lot of stories about him treating people poorly behind the scenes over the years with the Wolves. So he is not – I think what people view him as as a basketball player and on the court and the and just the beloved memories we have of him, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't have that same opinion of him off the court. So we have to, we have to say that just so it's not all on Glenn Taylor. But I think a Mark Cuban-type owner, a Jerry Buss back in the day, yeah. they make it work. They make it work. And, you keep the relationship. And Moss was a jerk, too. The, these are two of the greatest players to ever play, or in KG's, uh, in his defense, he's the greatest player easily to play for the Wolves, and it's not even close. Like, I don't know where the second guy is, but it's not close. Moss is one of the greatest players and changed the game to play football. So, yes, they're cantankerous. They could be jerks. Guess what? I don't care. I didn't like either one that much personally. I don't care. As a sports fan and a person who loves sports, they both deserve this. And and in the Wolves case, I will say this. KG Prickly, right? I mean, you you know that KG is going to be a difficult guy a lot of the time. Think about this. Glenn alienated him twice. And how he did it is very clear. Like he traded him to Boston which KG didn't want. He resisted. And he finally tra- traded him, which was great. The break is clean. And then, Phil, the next year, he basically says, KG tanked. And then they yes. bring him back and Flip, God Dude. rest his soul, Flip does all of that work to bring back this old man at the time and, and still one of the greatest returns in Minnesota sports. And you have finally smoothed over this. I mean, Flip just had done so much work. And you can't find a way to keep him happy, dude. Imagine after like that's after ten after ten years of KG dominating and you failing to put a roster around him yes. for the majority of those years, right? And and actively getting four first round picks removed from your organization's stash because you signed a, a dumbass Joe Smith contract off the books, right? And then at the end of a miserable season, and KG takes seven games to rest or whatever, like he was just mentally and physically fried, and you say that he tanked it. Yeah. I mean, like, people forget about that. Yeah. You know what I think it's time for Glenn to do? Ride off into the sunset. So maybe if you're Glenn Taylor, now that you've sold the team and you can ride off into the sunset on a Harley, a sport bike, a Metro <laughs> Cruiser, maybe you should go to DennisKirk.com, <laughs> where there's 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets as well. We can get Glenn some uh, some some biker clothing. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. And shipping is free for orders 
over $89, all right? I think Glenn can afford Glenn something that Chaps? costs $89. I don't know if we need to see that. Do we need to see Glenn and Chaps uh, at center court, just, target center? Uh, just, a, just a leather jacket. Okay. Just a leather jacket right. and a helmet, all right. All right? The best in the business, DennisKirk.com. Everything you need for your ride off into the sunset at DennisKirk.com. All right, back to Declan. Uh, I, I have a more weekend observation statement. If you guys have more Wolves statements, hit them. But otherwise, uh, I, I, no. can give you an, I can give you mine. I got a Twins one, but I, I don't have a Wolf. Okay. Actually, so, no, perfect. I'll, give you, I'll, I'll get you a Wolves one at some point, but it has nothing to do with KG, okay. so you go ahead. Actually, I think mine will tub-tail maybe into a Twins one. It's, uh, my statement is naps are essential. So naps okay, are yeah, essential. And on Saturday, uh, we played 18 right bright and early. This is, this is like a 20-person bachelor party you were at, 21. Right? 21 oh dudes, 21 guys, That's and uh, we were the first tea time, obviously, off <laughs> off the course, play for four and a half hours, drinks start flowing, I come back, actually a lot of people come back from the golf course, and some people took some naps, took like a quick 45-minute power nap, just a quick one, in up, That's key. I'm, I'm back, it's like now 2.33 o'clock, everyone's outside, having a good time drinking, so I start catching up, and then at about 6 o'clock, after about four hours a day drinking, I hit my wall, and I know my wall. Wait, did you take a second nap? I took a second nap. At, Whoa, at dude! 6.15. Whoa! That's smart. Six, at 6.15. Oh, wow. Apparently, and Phil will love this line. That's a legendary play. I They said, For- you the way you were sleeping, because like, I was kind of in one of the main bedrooms where like one of the bathrooms is, so like you had to walk by the bed to see me. They said I was laying in there like I was Undertaker in a casket. Like I, I, I was legit <laughs> zonked out. And I woke up at about 8 o'clock, so about Whoa, like a little less taken. than a two-hour nap. And, oh, I'm ready nap. to go. Let's go to the bar. Here we go. And, yeah, I was, I was ready to go after that. So, yes, naps are Good essential. For you. Two naps. Two naps in on Saturday to keep up. And then yesterday uh, was, a, was a rough was a rough. That day, is, but. you know, you have been an innovative content producer at Score North. And I think you've, you've innovated in the way that you have pushed seltzer into the Twin Cities market. I have never heard of the two nap day drinking couple nap strategy, and I love it. I love it because ordinarily, my experience with what you did in my attempts were nap two was I was basically done. Yeah, so like I might lay down with the intention of oh nap two, I'll just sleep for a little while. It turned into oh my god, it's it's midnight. So that is in, impressive. Now, did, did you set an alarm for to end nap too, or did you just no, wake up? I, I woke up. I woke up like yeah, like an but hour eight? and forty minutes later. Oh, see, I wow. that's real. Yeah, that's imp- that's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Did, did did anyone else take two naps? Uh, yes, we we we, just, okay. we discussed this on, at brunch on Sunday morning. Everyone before we left, it was like who else? Because Declan, we know Declan took two naps. Because I was, I think they, they they took one look at me about six o'clock. And I think one buddy's like, dude, you need to go to sleep like right now this is this isn't gonna work <laughs> how bad were you i was in i did a dizzy bat uh it was do you know what dizzy bat is judd no idea dizzy bat is, is that where you put your you bend over and put your forehead on a bat and turn spin, around and you and, well first you have you have to so oh, what you okay, do is yeah, I, you fill a wiffle ball bat of your beverage oh see, i didn't know that for how, wait you, you fill, put the beverage in the wiffle ball yeah, like bat? you cut you cut the top of the bat off so uh-huh. like there's a like it looks it's like a cup <laughs> see i did not know this fill part. the bat and then for how many seconds it takes you to chug it that's how many spins you have to do on the bat oh my god and then you have to swing i uh took once after i had seven so i had to do seven swings so it took me seven seconds and by the time i got in my batting stance uh i fell right on my keister and i almost fell down the hill but i but wow. I, I got back up and then i hit it it was fine 
It was fun. What a performance, man. Thank you. I, I got to say, like, now that I'm in my – I turned 36 later this week, and um, I think, like, comparing now to 10 years ago, you're in your late 20s, right? Yeah. 27, 28. 28. Um, the, the, like, the, and Judd's in his early 50s now, and so you go through these evolutions of what you can handle. And I remember in college, like, I could get up for a gopher football game, kegs and eggs at 6 or 7 o'clock, right. drink your brains out until an 11 o'clock kickoff, and then, like, after the game's over, you go bar hopping around. Like, no nap, and you're just drinking from 7 a.m. until 2 in the morning, and then you wake up the next day like nothing happened, right? If I start <laughs> drinking, if I have man. a Bloody Mary at brunch now, if I have a Bloody Mary at brunch or, like, two mimosas or something, 100% need a nap by, like, 2 or 3 o'clock. And, uh, and so I try, to, I try to avoid starting drinking until later in the day because I, once I start drinking, I have like a four- or five-hour clock on me <laughs> before I get super tired. And that's where I'm at now in my mid-30s. It's very pathetic and sad. It gets worse, man. Yeah, I know. Not I, better. I know that what I did on set, like I only had maybe a couple more years yeah. of, the, of the two-nap lifestyle Here's what I don't get, though. A full so, so like the two naps, I respect. More power to you. The drinking, oh, I respect. The dizzy bat thing. Eliminate the games. You don't need to do no, that. Games are, games are the best. Dude. No, they're not. No, Judge they're wrong not. on this. Bunch of Judge wrong on this. A bunch of flip cup. We ran the table on flip cup on Friday. See, it was great. No, I love me some flip no. cup. No. I know. Flip cup, also, flip cup shows you which of your friends can handle pressure and yep. which ones melt. 100%. You know? It's all on you. Hey, you got a three cup lead. You just have to do the last except, flipper. You just, just, just there's one problem there. It. There's one problem. Because you, you're technically right, but my experience is this. Dude bros do flip cup a lot in practice. And so like a guy like me who's like, games are stupid, I do it. And I'm like, let's just stop. Let's just drink. And dude bro's like, no, man, we got to do more flip cup. And they're practiced. They're practiced at it. No, here's the thing. Dude, bro, you're a spectator in life. Accept it and let's go drink. (laughs) Wow, dude. I mean, you're seriously going to be, the odds are so high that you're going to be sitting behind a desk in 10 years or in five years and looking at the clock, okay? So let's just let's just pretend like it's happy hour now and not do the damn flip cup. That's his moment of glory right there. The, no, I know. Challenge you and I'm trying to, to flip cup. And I'm trying it. to say achieve better than that, dude, bro. Amazing. I want better. I gotta than say, that. man. Okay. Wow, the two nap. Yeah, the, the second that, nap usually l- just means your your day is no, over. That's and impressive. Not for Declan, Dex. man. Nope. Yeah, three drinking. Down I, I do know, like I said, it's the limit. You got to know your well, limit. Still. I, like I can put, despite my frail, tiny little teenage size, I can put back drinks, but I know the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I know the ceiling Thanks, of what Jason I can Tyre. and can't do. You're welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Hey, we're uh, of the of the 21 guys out there. Anybody rocking the PXG clubs? Uh yes. There's a couple PXG PXGs. Club? Yeah, and we had a couple PXG right. swag out there. Yeah, we did. Wow. Yes, we did. So, so PXG Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise. The mm. so two different clubs to look at. The Gen Four clubs are the best clubs that PXG has ever made. Which is saying something, um, and then the zero to eleven clubs, also a full line of high performance clubs, packed with PXG technology, priced a little bit more within reach. So uh, wherever your game is at, even if you just want to look good with some of the spring summer apparel that just arrived, check them out at PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center, and find out more at pxg.com/minneapolis. Uh, I, I got to throw this Twins one out here. Um, Saturday, I'm just trying to think back. I've been watching baseball. For well, I'm 36. I remember watching baseball for the first time in like 1990, and so I've consciously been a baseball fan for over 30 years. And I'm thinking about all the great moments. I didn't watch the Kurt Gibson home run live, I watch, but I've seen it on tape a million times. 
I remember the Joe Carter walk-off home run to win a World Series in 93. Um, just so many great legendary home runs. And my statement is Miguel's, Miguel Sano's home run on Saturday, right up there with the greatest, most clutch <laughs> home runs of all time. Uh, just I don't know why <laughs> Judd is so down on it. He missed your cold bucket of water on Twitter. What a great moment for for the <laughs> franchise, for Miguel. It erases everything Get that's happened so far this season. Uh, yeah, He proved all the haters wrong with that home run to win the game on Saturday. And I just feel like everyone needs to apologize now to Miguel Sano for doubting him. That's my long statement. I, you know what? I've had an epiphany, Phil. You're, you're exactly right. I'd like to apologize. Never mind I mean, the fact that they kicked the ball around for three hours yesterday. No, and no. And, and, soiled themselves. And the fact that, that the big guy, when he, he hit that ball off of Diekman on Saturday, put his bat down and jogged to first base, not because he thought, I hit a home run, but because he thought, that's a pop-out. And I looked at the flags, and Phil, get this. So the wind blows sometimes, and it was blowing out to right field, and the ball got up in the jet stream, and it kept carrying it was incredible. But you're right. You're right. The slump is done. Um, I'd hey, like that. They won, a, they won a game. It's their seventh win like in like a month. So to lead to my next statement here, because I think we have a. I think that that home run and the reaction, more, much more importantly, the reaction to said home run, I think serves as a moment for Sports Dad to come in here. And lay the law down, okay? Imagine how great it must have felt for Miguel to hit that home run. That wasn't my first thought. My first thought was, well, finally, dude, you're making $12 million. Welcome to the season, buddy. Uh, You're only buried 12 games in the standings below 500 six weeks in. But uh, congratulations, you found the ballpark for the first time this year. (sighs) Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so my statement is this from Sports Dad. And I'm talking to you people out there, okay? And you know what? If you agree with Sports Dad... That's fine, but it's still going to help you. That home run and the reaction to it was exactly what this show has been talking about for the better part of probably the last five to six months now when it comes to we settle for anything. That home run and the reaction of Minnesota fans is exactly why we don't win championships here. It's exactly why there's... We complain and whine and moan and mock at times, but we don't demand excellence We celebrate mediocrity. We celebrate a home run that is basically gets caught up in a jet stream. And we think, this is it. It's all turning around now. We can all go home happy. Twins win. The twins win. Think about it. It's why we celebrate Kirk. It's why we, when's the the last damn time that anybody, including some of the biggest critics in this town, When's the last time we demanded excellence? When's the last time that we said, you know what? The Wild won a playoff game, and that was awesome. It was really cool. Goaltender played great. Um, now let's see a lot more. Let's see a deep run. Like, we, this is a perfect example. And I'm guilty, too, pr- probably. We're all talking about, well, if they can get past the Golden Knights, and, and, I mean, perhaps they can. And I'm predicting they won't, but that's not the point. The point is, why don't we say... You should make a run. Why don't we? Why don't we say it's about damn time that the Twins won a game and Miguel Sano hit a home run? Why is it always this might be it? This might be the it. why? Why are we so Pollyanna, ladies and gentlemen? There's no reason to be. 
Like, I know you're conditioned by a lot of people who do the same jobs that we do to to celebrate almost anything that's not complete abject failure. But that home run crystallized for me how we accept things and are like, that was just such a great moment. No, it wasn't. It was overdue. Phil's right. I just just tweeted, greatest, most important home runs of my lifetime. Kirk Gibson, 1988 World Series. Joe Carter, 1993 World Series. Miguel Sano, Saturday afternoon. Now, I'm reminded by the first comment, what about Kirby Puckett's home run in 91? Honestly, um, I thought the degree of difficulty for Mm -hmm. Sano uh, was probably more difficult on Saturday. Just Mm -hmm. took that pitch in. I mean, Puckett pulled his. You pull a home run. Sano went oppo, so I'm going to put Puckett fourth on that list. Move over, David Fariz. Miguel Sano has a has a word to say, you know. Move David over, David Fariz. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow night. Anyway. Um, one, more, one more Timberwolves note here for you guys, all right? So they just blasted the Mavericks yesterday. And some of these games down the stretch, right, teams are – there's like Boston has like one starting player left. Everyone else is having surgery or injured. Uh, so like that game a couple days ago, but – my statement is, I love that the Timberwolves have throttled down to end their season. And they've won a bunch of games. And yeah, they might be sort of just down the stretch, meaningless games. And ultimately, they still finished, what, 23-49, and 49, I want to say. Um, but I would, I would rather see this group gel the way that it has. And Ant Edwards turn into a superstar the way that he has. And Towns be used the right way with what Chris Finch has installed as a coach, then sit and beg for more losses on the 40% chance that they could get a top three pick, right? So you still have like a 30 to 35% chance of keeping your pick. And the nucleus that matters showed that they can win some games and and play great offensive basketball down the stretch. So I, I really, I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, you just like, you beat the Pistons and the Magic and all these teams that you're supposed to lose to. I love it. I'm here for it. And I'm with Gerson Rosas. Let the basketball gods and the chips fall where they where they may at yep. this point. But but the follow up to that is be in a position to make the playoffs next year. Like take yeah, get this to that and spring, get to, get and to the spring, exactly. And and if anybody says the Western Conference, you can't. You know how tough that is. That's the point. But I mean yeah. that's that's what I'm talking about. Is now let's take this and it's fine if you win, great. But it's got a springboard. Like it can't start. We can't be satisfied with. Well, they got off to a tough start next year, and well, it's just the wolves again. Like at some point in time, let's get our expectations where they should be for sports. Like, do you think pe- people in Boston are like, ah, oh, the Bruins sucked this year? Wasn't that fun? You know. But I got to all the games and I bought my Charlie Coyle jersey. No, they're not like that, ladies and gentlemen. This is a life changing experience right now. We all need to go through it. Can I? Can I get in one more? Statement? Oh, we have plenty of time. We all we have. Is okay. Time. I'm going to shock you guys because, as, as you both know, I, I told you during Royce's appearance on Friday, I was covering the Lynx game for the Pioneer Press on Friday night mm-hmm. against the Phoenix Mercury. I have a WNBA statement to make, and Phil actually uh, saw this when he went to, I believe it was the championship game against the Sparks as well. But here's my statement. This league has star players, because it does. Like, it's got some unbelievable talent. Like, like it's getting better and better, and, and the talented players are really good. It has a national TV contract, so it's taken seriously, and it should be, okay? And its officiating is a joke and an embarrassment to basketball. Not women, basketball. 
on Friday night, you guys, with 6.8 seconds left and the Lynx up by one. Um, the Lynx lost the ball. And an official, I kid you not, this is not a joke, breathed into his or her whistle. Just, But it didn't blow. It just breathed slightly. But it's triggered with a breath to stop the clock. Phoenix oh picks up the ball and goes down the floor. And I am I am watching the game in the building. And the clock is at 6.8. And Phoenix goes down the floor. And the clock is at 6.8. And Tarasi hits a three. Somebody finally realizes we stopped the clock. They they then, I'm not joking about this. This is incredible because, I mean, this league is taken seriously. They then had to go to a replay. But I found out in asking Cheryl Reeve after the game, there is no replay center. Like, there is, they don't provide any of that. So the officials wow. huddle around a monitor with a stopwatch and twice try to time off on a stopwatch how much time passed. They decide it's 1.1 seconds, so the shot counts. And, and, of course, the game is done then because, you know, for, for the most part, you're not going to get a great shot off. But the point is, like, we are all in, right, on women's sports, which is cool. Um, this league, which is really good. ESPN shows it. ABC does. And so, so basically, the edict, and I agree with this, is this is to be taken seriously. And you don't have a replay center. You have an official that bl- that that breathed into a whistle but didn't blow it and stopped the clock. And then you're going to come back and tell me again, but this is to be taken as seriously as the NBA. Until you fix this, you got yourselves a problem that you need to fix. I mean, how much of an extra expense is it like relative to all the money that the NBA and, and I get that the NBA is much, much more profitable in the TV deals and it's it's funding the WNBA, but... Is it that much more expensive every night to just have like a central hub with two people in a replay center somewhere? I don't know how many people it takes, I guess, but it, I mean, we're not talking about well, let's say it's three a billion dollar investment here, right? Yeah, and you wouldn't have to pay them exactly a ton. But my but my point is because what what was the thing that you saw, Phil, in the championship game against the Sparks, where there was a replay? Something happened. Th- I, I, I remember something links. ridiculously egregious where like they were going to review a play was a, and they didn't. Is that there what was it a, was? I think there was a phantom foul or something happened. I don't remember the details. I just remember thinking watching the game, oh, my God, this is like the biggest game in WNBA history right now, and these officials can't live up to the moment. And Cheryl Reeve ripped the crap out of them yes. after the game, too. Rightfully so. Yes. And you know, she, she was more job. subdued. I mean, she, she was upset, but and she was exactly right. She eventually said they were guessing. Like they were trying to sync up a replay to a stopwatch. Mm-hmm. They're guessing Amazing. at that point. So anyway, 2021, fix, man. you know, 2021. But I mean, if you're going to do this seriously, then do it seriously, because that's mm-hmm. a that is a beyond embarrassing problem to have. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All right. Any, any final final statements there? Um, uh, the double nap, the double nap. I mean, oh, the double is, nap is legendary. Stealer here. But today. I couldn't I couldn't have done it. So like you're you're Gretzky, because like oh. I can say. I can say, oh, yeah, double nap, yeah. I could do that. No, I couldn't. Dude, I, I love The second nap, I'm done. So you are like the Gretzky of drinking right I, now. I need, I, need a, I need a nap if I'm doing a power. Well, power sure, one like nap. But you did two. I, did, I needed two. I needed two. But that Phil, felt great. Actually, Phil, could, felt could, you, could you have done two and gotten up the second time? I, I, I don't know if I have the want to. I don't know if I have the drive for a second one. That's why I he's Gretzky. Like, 
like for me, I feel like if we go and do some bouncing around ever on a weekend yeah. and we're and we're drinking during the day, we either need to start at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon so that I can conk out by nine. Yeah. Uh, if we start earlier, I might get you a two o'clock nap that takes me to three or four, and then I'm ready again. If it, you know, it, for Declan, he's gearing up to stay out till like midnight or two a.m. Correct. I, mean, I, I just can't. Yeah, but to get up after yet. to get up that quickly. But I, but in your in your prime, could, could you have done the two naps and gotten up that quickly from nap two? Because in my prime, I would have still slept till at least eleven. I'll tell you. In my prime, I didn't need a second nap, but that's Ooh, a story that's for slam. another day. Oh, I mean, wow. You came after Deck? That's okay. I was trying to praise him. <laughs> I said no. Nope. You know, just because his name is not on the show doesn't mean that we should be doing that. He's the ampersand. Declan yeah. is the ampersand. <laughs> He's the glue that holds everything I connect, together. I connect both together. I've got one more yeah. statement. I've, I've got one more. Just quickly. <laughs> Matt Chapman, third baseman, Oakland Athletics. Wow. My statement is... If you want to see a clinic at third third base, and you know, I mean, I, I know, you know, Josh Donaldson's really good defense. Okay, sorry, he, but he he blew did the game yesterday. He did, but Matt Chapman is is one of the few guys in baseball fielding his position who I'd probably buy a ticket to see him do it. And that arm, like he gets a ball hit to, to him, and every time, unless it was probably a guy like Buxton. He stands there and pats the ball in his glove at least once because his arm is so strong. That catch he made against the tarp right before the foul ball by um, Arise hit the tarp when he pinch hit on Saturday was one of the most gorgeous catches I've seen. And the A's athletically in the field, that's how you win baseball games. See what you did there. See what you did there. Thank you very much. But that's how you win baseball games. A's athletically in the field. Yes. Uh, the twins, in terms of what you do to lose a baseball game, well, there's messing up a rundown. That was a pretty brilliant base running play, though, too. Like, just take – it was um, – what's his name? Uh, Jose, uh No. Oh, man. He used to play for Texas. He was the shortstop. Elvis Andrews. And Elvis, I think oh, was, Andrews. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was very minimal contact, but it was – it was you just – you can't give a base runner a chance to bump and fall to the that, ground like that. That is that, super so. smart, though. It's a basketball it play. It was the right play. Um, and then you had Josh Donaldson just absolutely dropping a tailor-made out at second base and then staring at his glove and yelling at it. like Which is the second time he's done that. The, the ball in Oakland that got stuck in, in his glove, they showed him he was staring at his glove like his glove is somehow trying to screw him over. Well, hopefully he can save up enough to get a new glove at some point. It would be nice. And then, of course, Taylor Rogers throwing the wild pitch and having that ping-pong around, like, just... Just a clown show. Just a clown show. Yeah. But, hey, we don't need anything else. Now that Miguel Sano hit that home run We're back, on Saturday. Baby. Just a blast. I don't think none of the rest of the season doesn't matter. He no. proved all the haters wrong. This team proved all the haters wrong. Raise your standard, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Raise your expect greatness get or out, you'll never get it. Get out of the way, Aaron Boone, in Game 7. David Freeze, you got nothing on him. Miguel Sano. And, <laughs> and, that's and, right. And May 16th. That's right. I, I, I should Mazarowski? probably start listing some more of these home runs. Aaron Boone. Maz. Maz was that was a pretty good one, 1960. Yeah. I think Pujols had a big one against the Astros in like the NLCS, too. I think he also had a big one. Or maybe Jim yeah. Edmonds. Oh, no, <laughs> so no, Boone, I'm just dating myself. Now, now you're just throwing out yeah. names. It, it might have been Babe Ruth. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Boone, Freeze, Puckett. But again, Sano went oppo. It's harder to go oppo. Yep. So I got I to gotta put those guys further down. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, we are, uh, we're right. I think by the time people listen or watch this, I think we might be right around uh, 20,000 total subscribers on the Purple Daily and Scornoth YouTube channel. So if you consume us that way, thank you. 
for pushing us up to 20,000 subscribers. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. So for maybe for tomorrow. So I was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin this morning. They're doing a th- they're going around to all the big markets. I know, big time, big time. And they asked who are the the three most essentially famous or walk into a restaurant and yes, sir or ma'am, where can we seat you? Like kick someone out of the booth to seat them. Famous current athletes or coaches in Minnesota. I gave them three. I want you guys to think on it and let me know who yours would be tomorrow. All right. Like who are the three faces uh, like the, like a, a bunch of athletes walk up to a restaurant and these three get a seat in a full restaurant. Can they all be rookies? They could be. We had, we touched on this. That sounds like a joke too. They were, su- they were three surprised by my number bar. one. <laughs> they were surprised by my number one. I bet I know what they expect. I bet I know what they expected to. Yep. All right. Perfect. That's Please. awesome. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Mackie and Judd, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.